Kanecast episode number nine, a review of the performance of our small cap course strategy in the second quarter of 2014. Welcome to Kanecast, a podcast series by Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management, where we offer timely commentary on the performance of financial markets, the global economy, and our various investment strategies. Hi, I'm John Christensen, co-portfolio manager on the Kane Anderson Rudnick Small Cap Core Portfolio. Today, I will review our portfolio with a general market overview of the second quarter in 2014, discuss the drivers of performance, talk about new names in the portfolio, and conclude with a market outlook. So let's talk about the second quarter. For the second quarter in a row, small caps in general underperformed larger stocks. This was, of course, after small caps, identified as the Russell 2000 Index, posted their highest five-year rolling return in 16 years. The quarter's monthly activity could be summarized as bifurcated, with April returns being negative by almost 4%, May was up slightly, and June was stronger by over 5%. So overall, the Russell 2000 index finished up about 2% for the quarter. The sectors that drove the performance were energy, utilities, and financial services. But despite the fact that the market was up a mere 2%, no sector was negative. So what types of businesses excelled in this environment? Similar to what we saw in Q1, companies with high betas, high PEs, and high debt on their balance sheets outperformed their counterparts on each of those metrics. For example, stocks with betas over 2 were up 4.8%, while those in the 0.5 to 1 range, where we have over 50% of our portfolio, were up 2.6%. Also, stocks that had levered balance sheets of 30 to 70% debt to capital were up 4%, while companies with no debt, where we play, were down 1.6% in the quarter. Despite the aforementioned tailwind of low quality in the market, our small cap core portfolio outperformed the overall market by about 2%. How, you may ask, was this achieved? It really came down to holding up much better in the down part of the quarter, which you should expect from us, and keeping up in the market surge in June due to solid stock selection, with one name in particular announcing it was being bought at a hefty premium. That stock was Hittite Microwave. Hittite Microwave designs and develops high-performance analog and integrated circuits for various demanding radio frequency and microwave applications. We originally bought the shares into the portfolio almost four years ago in 2010. In early June, the company announced it was being acquired by Analog Devices at a nearly 29% premium to the previous day's share price. This was the number one contributor to the portfolio in the quarter. We also had two other names that outperformed in the quarter. Those were Serona Dental and Abaxis. Serona is a manufacturer of dental technology and equipment, including CAD-CAM systems, imaging, and instruments. Serona was a name that had actually lagged in performance over the last 12 months prior to this quarter. The shares rose in Q2 after showing solid Q1 financial results, where its CEREC CAD-CAM system is seeing growth in dentist offices while the overall dental market remains benign. We believe Serona's technological differentiation continue to make this company an attractive long-term investment. Abaxis is the other company. They are a manufacturer of blood diagnostic devices sold through medical and veterinarian channels 
that provide blood test results in doctor's offices in 12 to 13 minutes versus a traditional lab, which comes back days later. A batch of science shares drive higher in the quarter as the company's new third-party distributors are seeing improved sales after a year of inventory disconnect that led to weaker top-line results. The company's systems are being adopted in vet clinics and labs, as well as in the human medical market, with retail opportunities such as drugstores being another leg of growth, potentially. We added two new names in the, in the portfolio in the quarter. One was Market Access. Market Access operates the leading electronic trading platform for U.S. corporate bonds. So Market Access's electronic trading platform provides the greatest liquidity, which benefits both buyers and sellers by providing the best chance of matching bond orders at the best price. While there are real barriers to the broad adoption of electronic bond trading, Market Access has a position within the institutional small order market that is durable and likely to grow over time. The other company we purchased was CDW. CDW provides technological solutions for business, government, education, and healthcare customers. As a value-added reseller, the company focuses on small and medium-sized organizations, which are defined by 5,000 employees or less, where it can provide the most value. CDW acts almost as an outsourced IT provider to customers. Customers look to CDW to provide unbiased guidance with the right solution as their technology needs evolve. Now let's talk a little bit about the market outlook. So we've come through the second straight kind of ho-hum quarter here, if you will, after the last few years of robust returns for small caps. While we continue to believe that the risk-reward ratio for equities over the long run is favorable, we believe the economy continues to have some hurdles to overcome to improve the sluggish nature of this current quote-unquote recovery. We believe a reversion of the mean in returns is underway and appropriate as weak GDP numbers continue to post, mm -hmm. interest rates seep back up, and the current geopolitical environment creates volatility and an unsettling future for global growth rates. Putting this all together, we believe the market is in the process of adjusting for these factors given the robustness we have seen. So our contention is that over the long term, you want to own high-quality businesses that have sustainable competitive advantages, outgrow their markets with low debt, strong free cash flow that traded at discount multiple to the market. Our portfolio continues to look favorable versus the benchmark on these types of metrics. For example, return on equity in our portfolio is around 20% versus 9.5 for the greater index. Debt to EBITDA 0.8 versus 4.6 for the index. Our companies have a lot less debt on the balance sheet. EPS growth the last 10 years, 11% for our portfolio, 6% for the index. And our portfolio is currently trading at an 11 multiple discount to that of the market. This is why we favor our high quality bias over the long term. That's where we invest. That's our history and our future. Thank you for your time, interest, and continued trust and confidence.
KaneCast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management. Kane Anderson Rudnick provides this communication as a matter of general information. The opinions stated herein are those of the speakers and not necessarily the opinions of Kane Anderson Rudnick or its affiliates. Portfolio managers at Kane Anderson Rudnick make investment decisions in accordance with specific client guidelines and restrictions. As a result, client accounts may differ in strategy and composition from the information presented herein. Any facts and statistics quoted are from sources believed to be reliable, but they may be incomplete or condensed, and we do not guarantee their accuracy. This communication is not an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security, and it is not a research report. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions.